Cohalette by Madison Scott Clary. Dr. Carter Ramirez, 2112. Dr. Carter Ramirez, we would like to thank you, first of all, for all of your continued efforts in working on these cases of the lost. Your services are invaluable and are providing families and friends of the lost with hope, not to mention the world at large. We have come to rely on this technology in our daily lives, in all spheres of work and pleasure. As you know, research here at the UCL is funded through a series of organizations and foundations working together. These relationships are both an expression of trust and a political statement, and both of these work in both directions. We welcome conversations, questions, and comments about research from the sponsors, mediated through the appropriate channels. A recent suggestion regarding your project was that more effort be placed on researching the neurological aspects of these cases, focusing primarily on the treatment and prevention of such events in the future. As such, we are requesting that you add one more neuroscientist intern to the team. Unfortunately, due to budgetary constraints, your team must remain the same size as it is currently. At your earliest convenience, could you please respond with the name of a member of your group, not on the neuroscience side, who will, if possible, be offered a transfer to another project. Admin will take care of the rest. Please continue the excellent work. If you have any additional questions, please do not hesitate to send a note. Ari Liebler, Research Coordinator. Carter slid her chair slowly back away from her rig and walked numbly to the coffee station. She wasn't tired. She was a bit too awake, if anything. She just needed something to do while mulling over that email from admin. Such a politely worded request to change the course of her project and fire one of her team. Pouring herself half a cup of chicory coffee, she looked out over the room at the heads bowed over tablets or nestled into the headrests of rigs. How could she possibly be expected to choose who would get the axe? Carter slipped back to her desk and delved in, stepping out of the workspace and into a side room, one of the small areas off to the side of the main space where virtual meetings could be held, where others' avs would show up in full focus rather than just as shadowy shapes. Shadowy shapes. The dream still dogged her. Meeting when you get a chance, she murmured into a message pane, then sent it off to Sanders. She received a ping of acknowledgement and settled back to wait. It was only a few minutes, hardly enough time for her to organize her thoughts, before the head of Neurochem stepped into the room and settled into the chair across from her. What's up, Ramirez? Here, Carter said, swiping the email she had received onto a V-card and handed it over to Sanders. Give that a read. Rough stuff, he said. Who do you think will be the unlucky one? Carter sighed. I'm not sure. I can't think of anyone I want to lose. Anyone we can afford to lose, even. Sanders nodded and tossed the card back to Carter, who recycled it. Look, Carter continued after an awkward pause, I know you weren't a fan of the social link I mentioned before. Did I suggest this? Sanders laughed, holding up his hands. No, of course not. I'd not presume to go behind your back like that. You knew my reservations, but I'd rather talk about it with you and the team than pull something like that. Carter nodded. The sincerity was clear. 
She relaxed back against the seat. I got it, yeah, I'm sorry. It just came so suddenly and seemed connected, is all. Maybe I'm getting too good at seeing connections that aren't there. Sanders, politely, said nothing, looking down at his hands. Well, hey, thanks for that. It's reassuring. I'll let you get back to your stuff, and we'll call the team in for a huddle about this after lunch. Sounds good, Sanders said, pushing himself up out of his seat and walking back into the sim. Carter watched as he turned from a solid avatar back into a shadow, thinking, if she was going to pursue this line any further, she'd have to do much of the work herself. Something, she realized, she was already prepared to do. The team was visibly unhappy about the news. They had been working together over the months that they had on the project and by now felt themselves a well-oiled machine, rightfully so. This is going to throw a huge fucking wrench into things, Avery grumbled. We lose one of our own, then we have to get someone new up to speed. It's going to take ages. I know, Carter sighed. I'd push back if I thought it'd get me anywhere, but they say it's a matter of those who sign the checks, so I think I'm SOL on that front. A tense silence greeted her. No one was looking at each other, just staring at shoes, ceiling, walls. Listen, I think we have some time. Absolutely no pressure, but if anyone wants to volunteer, cool. Otherwise, I'll put some thought into this and make a decision. I'll have to, I mean, I don't want to. Either way, I'll go to bat for you in trying to get a transfer rather than just the sack. Another sullen silence. Carter shrugged helplessly and, with an apologetic look, walked back to her rig. She had little more consolation to offer. Once delved in, Carter frowned. A small, pulsing envelope icon in her peripheral vision let her know that she had another email. If it's more bad news, I'm going to scream. The address wasn't from someone at UCL, or the UMC for that matter. It was a free address, something personal rather than professional. It had made it past the filters, though, so perhaps it was legitimate despite its shady provenance. Perhaps not bad news, but Carter remained wary. Dr. Ramirez, I'm writing to ask for your help in the search for two of my friends who are lost. I know there's probably not much you can do to help, and you might not even be able to talk to me, but my friends and I are scared, and I want to know what's going on. And if we can help, we'll do all we can. Their names are R.J. Brewster and Colin Jackson. If you can, email me back. I understand if you can't. Sasha. Carter frowned harder. Not bad news, then, but neither was it good. This Sasha, R.J.'s friend, was right. She technically wasn't supposed to respond, at least not with anything more than a form letter stating such. Carter wasn't even supposed to know that RJ existed, who it was, much less the fact that she knew who Sasha was from Johansson. She began digging through administrivia to look for the form letter. At the same time, a part of her sequestered itself and began to plan. She would have to do most of the work on this herself, yes, perhaps all of it, but maybe she could do a little more outside research. She had done so with Johansson, why not with Sasha? She wouldn't be able to rely on it, couldn't publish it, but there was no harm in more information, was there? Even if she had to strike out on her own. Before she lost her resolve, she filled out the form letter and scheduled it to reply at five, near the end of her day. Then she paced around the workspace, organizing and cleaning decks, 
too distracted to dig into numbers as she sorted through the plan in her head. She left that evening at five after five, earlier than usual. She had been prepared to beg off with feeling ill, but found she didn't need to. Most of the team were already packing up and leaving. No one looked happy. One of their jobs was on the line, so of course they wouldn't be happy. Everyone avoided eye contact on their way out. Determined now, Carter left quickly and, standing at the station for her train, fumbled out her phone and started typing. Sasha, I know you just got a reply from my work address, but I'm replying here as well. While UCL and the team I work with aren't able to provide any assistance or information with regards to the cases, I might be able to help a little on my own, and I'm sure you'll be able to help me. We don't have much information on RJ or Colin, and I'm desperate for more. Maybe we can figure out a way for that information to get to the team later, but for now, we can talk here. Carter. She hesitated, thumb hovering over the send button. This was reckless, she knew, but the more she thought about the interactions of the lost, the more she was convinced that there was something to that connection. Especially here, here, where she knew now that patient 0224E8 was RJ, and that ACA 973D7 was likely this Colin Sasha had mentioned. And the more sure she was, the worse the letter from admin stung. She gritted her teeth and hit send. You've been listening to Kohalet by Madison Scott Clary, book one of the Post-Self Trilogy. Read by the author. Kohalet and this podcast are released under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, non-commercial, share-alike license. Music by Chad Crouch, released under a Creative Commons 3.0 attribution, non-commercial license. Kohalet is available as a paperback and ebook at kohalet.makyo.inc. That's Q O H E L E T H dot M A K Y O dot I N K. If you'd like to support more of my writing, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com slash makyo. That's patreon.com slash M A K Y O. Thanks for listening.